long as you take a look at the end of it, because there have been a few instances of that creep at the end where one of us is psychic and a dick for talking over the other people. Sometimes that is also just happening. Because <laughs> sometimes I've thought that there's drift happening, but then like everything lines up within five seconds. And I'm like, oh, we were just Skyping. <laughs> yeah. It's not Skype anymore, but that's just what I call it. Uh, we had some of that VoIP. What the f*** is going on down there? I picked up the skill of barreling. That's my uh, my graduate mm-hmm. skill. I got an MDS in barreling. Uh, makes makes damn sound in barreling. Hi, Aaron. Welcome to WTFTW. Hey, how you doing? Uh, you know, I'm, uh, hey, I'm very tired. And yeah. I'm looking forward to 48 hours of early, an early morning flight in, in a day and a half. And the day before an early morning flight uh, tomorrow. Um, which is fascinating. It's fascinating. No, it's terrible. Uh, yeah, how about no, you? <laughs> I, I am not looking forward to uh, um, in like 36 hours, actually. Less than 36 hours and like 30, 30, 30 hours or so yeah. uh, being up at like 3 in the morning in order to make a flight. But it's for a good cause. You might to, wonder why, why are we... Toys. I'll throw in there as well. Uh, TJ is waylaid with some stuff on his end that is unrelated to flights, but heavily related to that whole in real life thing. Uh, and so we're just kind of going for it because this is also the only day we have to record. Now you might say, why would you want to do such a hack and jawed uh, podcast recording? Why not just wait until you're uh, in L.A.? Well, um, I'd like to record something in L.A., but I don't want it to be this episode. I would like it to be a different episode. Mm-hmm. And I don't want us to suddenly record like two or three episodes in L.A. because we'll sound tired of it if we do yeah. that multiple times in one weekend. That'll, that'll eat up all of our time. That it'd be cards instead. Yeah, this is this is the the experience of going to consecutive years of Transformers conventions. You start to figure out what's realistic to do, uh, what's mm-hmm. not realistic to do, and then the stuff that's so unrealistic you actually drop it. We still keep some of the unrealistic things. We're going to record an episode every night and get interviews with people every day, and then try and get food with everybody that's all of our friends, and then maybe go and look at the dealer room once. But we don't have time for that. And oh my God, what's happened? Why is this you been miserable? What I'll say? That was fun the first time. Uh, yeah, it sh- we should have just not tried to do that every single time. <laughs> that was that was really fun to do the one time. That should have also yeah. informed us more quickly. Don't do that again. Now that you've yeah. done it, now you've done the roller coaster. You don't have to jump right back on. You'll you'll throw up. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we have just some lister questions and a quick little thing with some masterpiece movie stop motions. I thought looked cool. But uh, let's just get straight into the listener questions. Aaron, would you like to read this one from Common Ranger Bat? Okay. Common Ranger Bat says, uh, or asks, I guess, uh, from February 5th, 2019. Hey guys, so I've gotten into the habit of reprolabeling all my figures. I personally feel that it really makes the toys pop in some cases, and I also enjoy the actual work. It's kind of therapeutic. What's the opinion of them from the crew? Uh, Aaron, have you done much reprolabeling? I actually, I actually never I've, know. I've gotten reprolabels for some sets. It's frequently, wow, that looks great, but like to make a minimum order, I'd have to get two or three things. And then by the time I get the repro labels a couple weeks later, I'll put one or two of them on and and enjoy it. There are definitely some where it makes it pop, but some of the others are are middling. 
sometimes. And then also they don't always do the greatest job of making it clear how things go where. What I'll say is I think they're getting better at it. Uh, they are. They've gotten more unified in the uh, sticker guide uh, mm-hmm. layout, and I think that's been helping a ton. Uh, yeah, I, I like repro labeling stuff. I, uh, I, what I what I realized is there were times where I was like, I'll like some of a set, but not a whole set. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually it, it clicked with me. I don't need to apply all the stickers, and some of these stickers are here because there was room on the sheet. Uh, yeah, and the sheet would cost the same either way. And so. they, and they've had more than one case of like alternate sticker selections. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially like as time went on, like there's been more and more of it. Um, because I find that yeah, the application process is quite relaxing and therapeutic. If it, if you're mm-hmm. just sitting there like in a in a quiet room, not trying to film it while you're doing it, uh, it's night and day. I've tried to film it. That was interesting. That's hey, throwback. That was a fun thing to do. Couple times. Uh, don't have to do it for every single one. That's the lesson I should learn, or that's the lesson I eventually learned from trying to <laughs> stream and film a bunch of those. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's just like with miniature painting, just like with you know building model kits, like any kind of um, straightforward assembly can be quite relaxing if that's your bang, and that, that's that's a whole lot of people's bang. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm trying to think there was a set recently I really liked. Yeah. The junkie on ones, um, they did up a set for the power of the primes Rekgar, and then two more sets to do them up as two different junkie ons, one with like a different yeah. leg transformation. I liked that. I thought that was really cool. I'm a little biased. I helped work on a, on a commercial for it, but it was a very fun commercial to help work on. Yeah. Well, plus uh, it's like, I mean, a lot of people like making model kits or the like, and that's a thing that it's, it's a, in the moment thing you're doing that mm-hmm. doesn't matter how your brains may be racing on other things, sitting there and building a model kit or putting stickers on, on something or doing physical work. Um, I know sometimes when I'm like kind of stressing on stuff that I can't like work issues that I'm at home and I can't deal with. If I've got something I can just work on, it lets that kind of drain out of the head. So yeah. saying like that it's a nice kind of therapeutic thing is I, I, I would say is probably totally truthful. Uh, it like w- it like would from not be a real incorrect. science standpoint, not just a Chris's it, science standpoint. It wouldn't be incorrect to say that like Lego is basically like sitting right in that wheelhouse, right? Oh, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, I, I remember. It's just, uh, it's just pricey. Yeah. I, I had I had like one really, really downer day. And that's when I built the one time I had a Lego architect set was Leaning Tower of Pisa. And I didn't think anything of it. And I was like, man, I'm just going to build this tonight. I have nothing else to do. I was going to do other stuff, but it's raining out. So I'm just going to build this and turn on YouTube. And it was so relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what to do with it now. I don't have anywhere to put it. So I, I smashed it up and put it back in its box. But uh, that was a <laughs> that was a different kind of therapy. <laughs> Rock! I'm tearing down the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I am God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, even watching people assemble stuff. Speaking to someone who gets it out of that, sometimes a, uh, it's not it's not like ASMR necessarily, but like the right kind of assembly video can be extremely relaxing to spectate as well. Mm-hmm. Like just seeing the parts go together, and you're like, oh, that's satisfying. Like, I used to get that out of um, uh, Beasts of War's YouTube channel. Used to have very long-form build videos of, like, really big Games Workshop, quote-unquote, miniatures. Like, the the Orc Gargant, which is, like, this friggin', okay. like, one-foot-tall Orc robot thing. Uh, like, one-foot-tall in real life, uh, the model kit. So it was just, like, watching plastic cement 
you know, like that brush on plastic glue that melts the plastic slightly. Um, right. Going onto these parts, you watch them press together. You're waiting. The guy lets go and the parts are stuck together and you're like, ah, oh, yes, I'm into that. Um, but that brings us somehow uh, to our uh, non-listener question topic uh, that's up next. I, I, I can see the connector. All right. Between those two things, you're talking about something that's like a physical motion meditation thing. Stop motion. Those guys got to be doing boop, boop, boop little things. That's true. That's true. Uh, and these were very impressive stop motions. Uh, there there were technically two, but the Megatron one is in the Jazz one, and the Jazz one is like four times longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jazz one's the real one. Basically, the Megatron one's the teaser. But uh, Masterpiece Movie Megatron, we have some in-hand reports, which we'll get to in a bit, because I'm excited about that toy, and I feel like covering this in-hand report. But uh, there was also a stop-motion video that went up to promote the figure, and it's really cool. It's it's Jazz showing off all his stuff. It's Megatron showing off all his stuff. And they have a little fight scene. And, uh, and then it gets morbid. Um, however, I liked how this video tempered that immediately by having Jazz walk in without a torso. Yeah, just his legs walked in, so you're like, "Oh, he's okay." <laughs> that, that's that's just a, a feature of Jazz. You didn't know about it. They never really discussed it much in uh in the original media. But yeah, Jazz has always been a a, a bisector. Yeah, he's um, fine with it. He just needs to wake up after you know taking a nap when he gets ripped in half. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if you haven't checked out the video, um, I don't want to like summarize the whole thing because a lot of it's just action. But check it out. It's very good stop motion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it highlights a lot of really cool things like uh. I don't think we actually talked about it on the podcast podcast, but there were some of those in-hand shots of Megatron revealed that a lot of my worries about his posability are completely solved. Uh, not only do, do his legs have some range, he has a straight up, he has a waist joint that I didn't think he had uh, mm-hmm. when we first saw him. Um, and that backpack cl- closes up damn tight. And then in the stop motion, you can see that the backpack, you can just deploy the wings and have winged Megatron if you want. Uh so I'm I'm way into how this thing turned out. Uh, before we go straight into just Megatron, anything else in that stop motion that stuck out to you? Not really. Um, I I think it, like you said, I think it showed a lot of stuff in Megatron and Jazz both of like, you know, there is excessive posability. Um, the only thing that would kind of be a quasi maybe concern is some of the like guns coming out were like they must have chopped up two or three things in order to make it. Oh, no, that stop was stop motion uh, wise look like was, things. That that was so that was like stop motion mixed with like the gun coming out of Jazz's arm. That was a straight up visual effect. Uh that was right. that was I believe I don't think they chopped up the gun cuz that looked to me like they used the frame of the gun mounted on there and used yeah. Photoshop to slice that up digitally I'm just not say, physically. I'm just saying that's a one thing that kind of led to like otherwise it did a pretty good job of like very clearly that's the toy doing what the toy can do. Yeah, and then yeah. it was like the gun, like piecing out in a way that I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that they've not figured out that sort of trick of material sciences and in, in children's toy. But I'm pretty sure you're just putting that gun onto his hand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Bef- before we kind of like let Jazz go entirely on this topic, I will say he looked a lot better in that stop motion than I felt like he looked in still images. Um, yes. I I've been having a lot of like. How do I put this? A lot of squinting at photos of him where I'm like, how does he look so messy? And don't tell me, oh, it's Bayformers. Like, in that context, he looked oddly messy for what I was hoping for. Um, mm. Seeing him in, in stop motion motion somehow clean that up, which I believe will translate to holding him in person as, a, as an item in my hands. I might be wrong, but it, it made me feel better about his robot mode um, 
Now, like, you know, I wasn't looking at frozen shots of it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have that problem with Megatron and, and Jiminy Cricket. Megatron looks like a good toy. Uh, I didn't understand how big he was until some of these photos. Uh, he's very large. Oh, the, the in hands. Yeah. Uh, that shot of him with, uh, with MP36 and Siege Megatron. Uh, I didn't realize how tall he was. Um, I understand now the potency of, of size comparisons because they told us how tall he was. I just didn't think anything of it. Yeah, but frequently stuff like that, it's just a number that they put in. Yeah, but I have a tape measure right next to me. I can, I, and I, I think I did it even. I was like, oh, I guess we'll be kind of big. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he looks fantastic and the posability seems to work. The transformation seems like it works. Everything about him seems to work. Uh, in a way that uh, the only movie masterpiece toy to, to, to crest that close to the sun, uh, I, I would say, is Barricade, um, as far as just everything seeming to work. Uh, okay. So I'm, I'm really hyped about that. Like, like, and that's not saying the other ones are busted necessarily, but like Bumblebee was the closest to the sun. I just think Barricade is an overall better Bumblebee um, as far as a movie masterpiece toy. Uh, Optimus has problems uh, sealing up his truck mode. Movie masterpiece Ironhide has capital P problems sealing up his truck mode. Um, this Megatron does not appear to have any of those problems. Uh, granted, he's not trying to look like a real vehicle. Uh, and I, I was hoping that that would give him an advantage. And it, it, yeah, that, that's that's frequently a break point in, in Transformers. I mean, mm-hmm. when, when you can cheat the heck out of something, it's a whole lot easier than when you can't. Yeah, I'll, I'll maintain, though, Movie Masterpiece Ironhide, like... On step, was it 42 or whatever? Somebody fell asleep for about five minutes and then thought that while they were, they, they woke up and thought they had finished something that they didn't. That toy does not feel finished okay. on step 42. Every other step feels fine. But the part where you have to simultaneously that, align like four different panels. That's one where I've I've not gotten a chance to be hands on on many movie masterpieces. So, yeah, I uh I grew to like the figure more, but that's that part was to call it problematic as being nice. Mm-hmm. Uh and and it was worse than Optimus. Optimus is just you can't quite get the truck mode sealed up. It always looks a little bit higgledy piggledy, but just pretend he bumped into a wall and you're fine. Ironhide is is like you're sitting there going, How am I, a human, supposed to do this? Uh it says something, the movie Masterpiece Ironhide has two clips that basically jettison by transformation number three without fail. Uh, Like, no one I know has managed to keep those things on. Um, And the more I looked at them, the more I'm like, these these could never survive this. Uh, They're receiving a really specific counter pressure from 20 other tabs across the toy, uh, among other things. But that's Ironhide. Let's stop caring about him. Um, Megatron's way better. Uh, so Aaron, what, what you got any other thoughts you got, or any thoughts? Throw some thoughts at me. No, like I, I pretty much covered it all. I think that they both, uh, look good. Um, look like they have promise. I know I'll be bu- purchasing one of them for reasons that should be clear. If you've mm-hmm. listened to the show for a while, um, can you get no, her, that's, can, that's can you get her it. into this Megatron as well so that we can get you I, in on the, <laughs> if it was shockwave, maybe, but not Megatron. I'm kind of hype if they end up touching on movie masterpiece Shockwave. I feel like there's mm-hmm. a small chance, and that's a design that would be really cool to see done to this level of detail and 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 just love. Uh, doubly so because it was a good design that barely got to do anything in that movie. Uh, like Shockwave mm-hmm. was just a massive red herring, and right, 
there's a lot of good design work in a ma- to put into a massive red herring. Um, so yeah, there we talked about in-hand shots of a toy that didn't come out yet. That's a novel thing nowadays for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Movie Masters Megatron is just that exciting. Also exciting, though, is listener questions, and we got some more of them. This one comes from Destron Supreme, uh, who I won't I won't go at length, but he 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 definitely uh, thanked us for answering some of his previous questions, and I'll just say, hey, it's our pleasure. Uh, yeah. The fact that we keep receiving questions, I I will I will sometimes sound like I'm complaining about how many questions we've got, um, but that's a good problem to have, and none of you guys seem to get upset that it takes us a while sometimes to answer them. So we we have a a good um, podcast host listener codependency going on. Uh, you know, every, everything is balanced here. Uh, so, uh, Destron Supreme says, War for Cybertron, Soundwave, classic Starscream, animated oil slick, movie incinerator, ROTF, scalpel and ravage, G1 bombshell, GoBot stretch. What do these figures have in common? They were my childhood Decepticon team. Animated toys were in his childhood. Yeah, that um, makes me remember that I need to, like, have an artificial hip taken care of i'm maybe planning to go to the animated q a at tfcon to ask them how does it feel that your creation is now someone else's g1 someone who's now an adult (sighs) and then see if i just take a brick to the face (laughs) see a bunch of people up on stage (laughs) (laughs) poor derek's like i finally came back to a convention you do this to me uh Anyway, uh, those figures were Destron Supreme's childhood Decepticon team, a ragtag bunch of rebels from multiple continuities that in, that in his mind place went on devious adventures across the lands of yonder bedroom, the vast deserts of the sandbox. Quote, though I love the figures, I was a child that was only so creative and thus modeled the team on the animated Decepticons. Even as a young child, I realized the movie Decepticons had almost no character and I liked the loud, bombastic villainy of animated cons. Uh, Soundwave was upgraded to the Megatron role. Oil Slick took on the lockdown persona uh, because Destron Supreme for years thought Oil Slick was actually supposed to be locked down. Um, and I, I think I've actually had that happen to me as a child, but I can't remember for who. I think it was one of the Omnicons or Omnibots I thought was Sideswipe, the red one. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, Incinerator became a lug nut while Ravage became a bit of a wasp. Bombshell was suddenly animated Soundwave in Persona and Stretch modeled himself after Swindle due to his little top hat. And Evangelist, I'm sorry, but I did make the Nazi microscope, the Blitzwing. I was a child and meant no ill will. Now nah, it's all cool. Uh, that was my Decepticon army as Mitch Mash. Mitch mashed? Wow. As mismatched as they were, and they caused mayhem for my Star Wars clone troopers and three or four Autobots I had. I hadn't thought about these figures in this context in years, only recalling them after I sent my previous question about sound waves, and I had to wonder, what were each of your childhood Decepticon and Autobot teams? Were they as chaotic as mine were? Uh, There's some PSs we'll get to afterwards, but Aaron, did you have a a childhood team of any kind? (sighs) Man, so I had... Um, like my Optimus Prime was Power Master Optimus Prime. Um, I'm trying to think. I had um, was it Landfill that was the dump truck Target Master? Yes. I had Computron was my combiner. Um, I had little smatterings of stuff here and there. Um, but I can't remember Transformers wise as a kid if I had like big fights because as a kid like transformers was an interest but like mask was was where it was at because that was also something that like in in later years as an adult now i realized that dad also kind of had an interest in because that was frequently like you know he would come home from work with new toys Mm -hmm. and i 
as an adult now, I can go, oh, yeah, he was buying those for himself. That's what I, was happening. I had it confirmed. My mom basically told me that I am into yeah. Transformers because she wanted to know what they were like. Because she bought them for me when I was, like, less than one. Yeah. So, uh, I, I or, <laughs> well... I never quite know now if it was le- if I was if it was I was less than one or I just had ones that came out when I was less than one. But I I had them by by the time I was age two, and that's still well under uh, ages six and up or whatever. Yeah. So, um, um like I'd I'd have to go through. So I still have like two shoe boxes that are all of my childhood Transformers and the like. Um, but it was really like catch as catch can as as toys that i had um from that time span yeah i uh i definitely had some of like straight up teams because what i'm gonna say is i haven't answered this question that i think is on topic but i grew up with the g1 cartoon as as my childhood fiction and no guff to it it did not have enough characterization to make me put together a team of characters uh friggin hipster kid vangelis (laughs) it didn't it didn't inspire it enough because, like, like if you came off of animated, like, of course, yeah. as a child, you're going to have this bombastic team of personalities mashed together. Like, there's so much in that cartoon that just tells it to you. 80, the 80s cartoon was a very good 80s cartoon, but it, mm-hmm. it had its limits. Uh, so a lot of it was made up by myself. And, and as a child, there's only so much like I could do that wasn't just this robot's the evil one. This one's mm-hmm. a good one. But... A lot of my a lot of my earliest earliest memories, the Stunticons were always my bad guys because um, I had them since I could form memories, as far as I know, uh, as far as I know <laughs> about my memories. Um, Punch Counterpunch was always there, and um, a lot of the Euro G One toys uh, filled in a ton of slots when I was trying to like you know as like a whatever I need to yeah like eight eight to ten year old trying to do more narrative stuff. Uh, a lot of the Euro G1 stuff I had, like Rapido and Omega Supreme, were were front and center, uh, along with Power Master Prime and uh, and Superion and Defensor. So, I definitely had some teams. Just they kept shifting. So I don't have a team as set as Destron Supremes. Nor do do I believe I had the fiction to make me so easily able to put a team like that together, persona wise. Uh, in before someone who grew up in the 80s had that, you know, kind of team put together. That probably is also just the limits of my brain power as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but Punch Counter Punch, I think, resonated with me a whole lot. Because I remember just being fascinated by that toy. Because I was like, he's on both sides. Yeah. Uh, and I actually never realized Double Dealer was until I was able to use the internet. Because uh, I don't even remember when I got Double Dealer. And I, I had lost the Autobot stuff on him a long time before I ever found it again. Oh. And, then I, and then it all came together, and I was like, wait a second, this guy is another side changer? <laughs> and it's like years and years later. Uh, but I think it's a fascinating question. I'd like to actually know some more listener ones if you all had any childhood teams that were kind of mishmashed together of just the toys you had available. That's the most interesting stuff. I think that stuff is the root of some of the most cool fiction. It's like someone's childhood robots. They're in a yeah. position to write fiction finally my childhood robot's gonna have a personality because they weren't in the cartoon enough or whatever mm-hmm. um i'll just quickly do the ps's because I, I like these two uh destron supreme's autobot team was 07 camaro bumblebee animated cybertron optimus and generations cup with gobots spacey as garnish uh pps stretch needs to be in more shows and comics he's an evil rolls royce with a monocle top hat and a love for human high society he was proto knockout click i agree stretch needs to be in more stuff Unfortunately, I think Stretch is 
if Crasher isn't in more stuff, Stretch isn't in more stuff. They're both still waylaid with this kind of increasingly immature thing of like GoBots. Uh, yeah. I don't know if Stretch was even in the in the Tom Scioli comic. I have to still read the last issue and a half of that. Um, that comic was better than I expected, but in some ways also disappointed me a bit. But it's not like... It didn't disappoint me in any ways that do an injustice to the intent, is what I will say. I think that the comic was delivered perfectly as to the authorial intent. I think I just have different tastes in some respects, uh, is what I'll say. Check out that comic. It's It's got some cool ideas in it. Um, we have another cool idea here, but it's a question from Optimus Philip. Aaron, would you like to read this? Yeah, February 7th, uh, Optimus Philip said, Hello! I've got a rather interesting question for the even-numbered cast. What brands would you like to see crossover with the Transformers? Me personally, having just gotten recently into Common Writer, have been thinking about ways those franchises could cross over, with my current thinking being a Transformer-themed writer, but I'd like to hear your crossover ideas as well. Thanks again. Uh, uh, they should cross over the GoBots, uh... Okay, they should cross over the Ghostbusters with the Transformers, put the Ghostbusters in the Transformers click hey look okay. they did it they did it says, yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I i get what you're doing i don't i don't know if i want what you're doing but i but i get it you were very patient yeah i i've, I've learned it's just easier that way just let it <laughs> let's get you out of your system so has there been a dc crossover no there was artwork of justice league transformers i recall this do you remember this there was a big artwork dump of concept art for a dc Justice League Transformers crossover that never happened, but the artwork got as far as hinting at a narrative. Some <sighs> Green Lantern Optimus. There's yeah, I remember like a Green Lantern Optimus, but I could I couldn't. Yeah, because I remember. I, I think the rough thing is, is like we saw some of it, and then everybody jumped on it and went crazy with it, and so I guess there's a part in my brain that's like, no, that was just like some fan stuff that went nuts for like five months it was also a very long time ago but no there yeah we could oh we could yeah because because there have been a couple of marvel crossovers uh yeah the avengers one is the the most recent yeah. one i think and like how it started uh with spider-man showing up yeah um but i'm trying to think of other other things that have crossed over to think like what you can't oh wow the original image is no longer available okay no no yeah it's here oh this yeah this was straight up hinting at a whole bunch of stuff. Do you know what year this was from? <laughs> I'm going to say 2003. Okay, you're uh, actually, okay, that, that was very generous. From 2012. 2012, no. Yep, we covered it on this podcast. That's how I remember it. Oh, I, c I could swear that there had been one uh, quite a while ago as well. But... There's your link. It's it was an image oh, I, of Optimus I, and Megatron, and it was this spread image of a bunch of plot ideas, like oh, anti yeah. anti monitor Unicron, Seacons and Aquaman, uh, Central City getting invaded by the by Insecticons, Green Lantern Optimus. Uh, huh. Oh yeah, yeah, Prowl Prowl the Batman, and then a Batman Transformer. That's right. See, I could swear I remember something from even earlier. This is the main one I'm thinking of, because this was... Yeah. Oh, yeah, so this project got canned because of the new 52. This oh, okay. was This was gonna... This is gonna happen. Oh, I didn't even... Yeah. 
Wonder Woman, they did up a robot mode for her invisible jet. Uh, oh, man. I'm getting bummed all over again that this never happened. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. I'll come up with an idea that makes Chris sad. Yeah. This makes my day better. And yet Aaron got all like, why would you say that? When I was like, say something mean about those other content creators. Yeah. No, I'm just uh, mean to you, not other people. And that doesn't feel good. That's single tier material. Mm-hmm. Right down the cheek. Uh, but yeah, man, crossovers. They, they've actually done a lot of the ones I'm into. For me, it's just like weird stuff. I'm still a little bit miffed we never got a Mask Transformers crossover toy, uh, given how they tied it. Like, they went to the point in IDW of saying the Mask vehicles are using a repurposed Cybertronian technology we harvested out of Blitzwing. And I'm like, right. make one! Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's one thing. I I guess it'd be like more so like the crossover that I would like to see is something that makes sense and is just given time to breathe. Nothing yeah. that's like a you know a three issue limited series. It's like what are you gonna do? The first issue they're fighting each other. The second issue they realize, hey, maybe we shouldn't be fighting each other. The third issue they're like, hey, we're fighting together. The thing that brought us together, and now we go home. It's like, mm-hmm. well, that's kind of like meh. Like, you know, how how does one of these live in the world of the other? That would be cool to see for a while. I heard Star Trek Transformers crossover did a real good job with all of that, partly by being longer than three issues. Yeah. That's, I heard it was really good. It is. I am so far behind in my comic books that I need to go to the comic shop for. Mm-hmm. And I've also been thinking about going just digital, but I would feel bad that I would be leaving a few hundred dollars worth of comics behind at the comic store. So... Do you want to... Do you want to... Okay. Here's the out. You just go buy them and tell them that you got to stop doing your pull list. Yeah, I and then leave I, I, and never read I, them and buy them digital. I, I, I just, I just kind of got to do that. Yeah, no, it, it. You need to. I, I feel at a certain point, floppies are floppies are for readers, but after like ten years, floppies are kept by someone who's collecting them. Yeah, and it's like the rough thing is as I sit here in podcasts, uh, just to my right, there's a table that and underneath the table are stacks of long boxes that haven't mm. been touched in years. That in happens years. that happened to me in the late aughts. That's when I fell off of a lot of that stuff. Is in the yeah. in the late two thousands. It was when I when I was out of country for ninety days and came back and was like, I don't know what to do about the comic backlog. Mm-hmm. And I'm too. I got anxiety now about going to the comic shop because it's like I don't actually want them, but I need to. I like the comic <laughs> shop. I need to. Yeah. Do right by the owner. It took me like a year, and then like you know, so that built up another twelve issues, and then I was like, hey, I just got to clear it out, and uh, and also I'm moving, so <laughs> I'll be. And I was, but I was like, I'll, I'll I'll still be back in town now and then, but I probably should should kill the pull list. Yeah. Well, uh, it's like my my issue not to like really dig on this is uh you know just the fact that the comic shop was an easy drive back from work now it's kind of across town mm-hmm. and anytime i'm in that area of town it's like in a time where i'm doing other errands and it doesn't click in my head like hey you should stop and do this so it invariably becomes a like i've got to go drive to do this thing to just spend money for a orgy of books and then read it and then be like okay where am i going to put these because oh i need to go buy another long box to fill this stuff out and anytime i've inquired like hey what would like what would you guys give me if i just came in with a bunch of long boxes already bagged and boarded by you and are already in sequence 
and mostly complete short of like one or two issues that have just like gone AWOL because it sits in a giant pile for a while. And they're like, oh, we'd probably give you 25 cents a cover. It's like, Ugh. you know what, though? Well, I mean, that's, dollar that's, every four. that's yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of money there still, but it's also like, wow, that's a real like loss of what it's been. But then it could be gone. But then. Do I want it to be gone? Okay, well then that means I'd like to keep the stuff I really liked and keep all the like keep the Transformers, but get rid of the Spider Man. But man, I kind of like Spider Man. Do I want to keep the? No, I don't need to keep the Spider Man. And then it's like two weeks later, and I'm like, oh crap, I haven't done anything on it. You know what you do? Get a get a table at a toy show or a comic show, go a buck a cover, and you're making four times what you'd make at the comic store. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I need to. It, further than the issue becomes, hey, it'd be nice if there was a a good show yeah locally that wasn't chicago where i'm in another state and have to figure that nonsense out or toronto in which case i have to lie to the nice people at the border (laughs) these are gifts these are all gifts and And no i'm not that aaron smith and then later on they didn't want them these ones the ones i'm bringing they didn't want these ones they're jerks they're not my friends anymore (laughs) they're a bunch of give backers uh but yeah, oh man, how did we get there? How did we get there? We're talking about crossovers. Just, just talking life, man. Uh, yeah, there was, there was, oh, there was one other crossover thing I was gonna mention. Now I can't remember it. Um, oh, I remember what it was. Centurion from IDW. Um, granted, there's hmm. halfways a toy of him unofficially from from uh, Mech Fans Toys, but it has the wrong head. But I thought Centurion was, was again like, uh, and Star Drive. Honestly, Centurion and Star Drive are crossover Transformers that were fleshed out, had a, de- a nice basic character with a basic history that could be expanded, and had really cool designs. And I wish they had figures. Um, Star Drive more so because she's more interesting. But like obviously, when you're a triple changer, it's more interesting. Centurion though, that's hard to steal. Bumblebee with a better head sculpt and a way more interesting backstory. Um. Which is too confusing to explain here, but I like it. It's confusing in a way I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, those uh, revolutionaries issues when they when they switched styles, when the one of them was in the style of an original like GI Joe, um, in a comic book like advertisement. That I thought was fascinating. Uh, they really went for it with the Atomic Man stuff. Um, but yeah, I hope that answered your question. Uh, I guess mine was more like I want the ones that exist because. Otherwise, I am just saying, like, Kamen Rider, Transformers. Uh, I always want to see Ghost Rider Transformers because that one Toy Biz Megamorph had ideas. And I don't think that the... the, Oh, yeah. I don't think that the Hasbro actual Marvel crossovers Transformers ever did Ghost Rider, if I recall correctly. Um, Or at least not one that resonated design-wise as much as the Megamorph did. The Megamorph was, like, kind of a piece of junk, but the design of it on paper was really cool. Uh... So I, I kind of always wanted to see a big robot ghost rider. Um, but I hope that answered your question, uh, Optimus Philip. Uh, we got one more here from Arufonza, uh, who says, Hello once again, fellow humans, human fellows, or rather the TFW Even team. Your responses were always greatly appreciated. Uh, and as an update, I'd like to say I've fallen in love with the new she cartoon and have been enjoying my He-Man collection. I actually just recently watched that cartoon uh, over two nights. That was pretty good cartoons. Um, I figured out classics is not for me with a few exceptions in the 2000 X line. This is He-Man. Now we're into, uh, was a genuine miracle of action figure collecting beyond all that. I have new questions for you. I hope sparks some great discussions. My first, 
first experiences with Transformers goes all the way back to being a child in the care of my aunt. Uh, when I or other children would be at her home, she would bring out a box of G1 Transformers for us to play with. Some of my earliest memories involve a st- sound wave and a ravage from that box. Decades later, holding them in my hand kept those memories alive. Over a year ago, I was able to acquire a G1 Jetfire for myself. I started to fool around with it, and when I activated the spring-out landing gear, suddenly it was like literal time travel as memories I had long forgotten came flooding back in an instant. Jetfire was one of the toys in that box from years ago, and I had just forgotten about him. I had always remembered Soundwave in the tapes, but those wheels coming out made those memories clear as day. Have any of you had such intense and vivid floods of nostalgia in your past? Did it create a new bond with a toy or character you had not had before? Um, I actually have a really weird answer to this that doesn't have to do with toys. But uh, Aaron, uh, have you ever had like a figure like just to make you remember stuff that had been gone for ages? So, uh, yeah, actually. Um, so Scattershot... Uh, in my Computron, um, when I was a kid, I remember being on a trip, uh, to see some distant relative, some, it was like my mom's great cousin or something that we were going to and being in the back of the car and I was sitting there working his like wings and I was always amazed at like the kind of cannon mode thing that was there and I ended up breaking off one of the wings. And so one of my earliest back in the fandom, what's this eBay thing um, purchases was a complete Computron because I needed to, at the time in my thought, was replace that old one, that old busted mm-hmm. one. And getting that and working those wings just brought back like all the memories of remembering when that happened, remembering like the side table that I then sat scattershot and his broken wing on and being a little heartbroken kid that I had broke what was like a favorite toy of mine. Uh, And then seeing that and just like everything's like went through those memories and then snapped back. And I'm like, this isn't a replacement. This is just the one that I display Mm -hmm. and, and just being like, Oh, what, where did, the hell were those feelings? Where did they come from? How do I not do that again? <laughs> and 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 going from there. Um, yeah, I, I I think the the only thing I can, th- I can think of, and it's nowhere near the same thing, but like some there's there's two Beast Wars Neo toys: Break the Penguin and Dead End the Animalomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolomolom
I only ever really smelled it when I was in Germany in various different buildings, department stores, etc. I just never encountered it in Canada for whatever reason. There are plenty of places in North America where you encounter that smell. When I encounter that smell, I remember the first time it happened, I was like, Germany. But I was like in Canada. And it really messed with my head. Uh, and to this day, when I smell that smell, like uh, Meeple Mart over at Spadina, if you're in Toronto, if you go into the front door before you go down the staircase to the store, sometimes that smell is there. So sometimes that building is like a Germany smell to me. Uh, okay. It's it's a very specific singular smell that just sets off weird, like, primal reactions. Not yeah. like just, just that I'm in Germany. No, I'm not. But like it's like it's instantaneous. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing that I, I I know that I've seen something before talk about like the psychology of smell and how that's that's one that apparently has just some like direct like button to push yeah. on on memory. The only other one is there sometimes will be pieces of often video media. Easiest example is old The Zone segments from YTV from the, the early 90s, or specifically, actually, a lot of the the weird era YTV bumpers, like the orange era. Um, Aaron will have no idea what I'm talking about because he's not from Canada. But those of you who are, it was stuff like the, the orange blender, the laughing couch, etc. These little bumpers. Um, it, less so now than before, because b- before it was very new to me. It wasn't just nostalgia. It was literally like... A seven to fifteen year old version of myself would reawaken inside my brain, like simultaneously as the one that I am now. If that makes any sense, kind of like mm-hmm. all of my thought processes from like age twelve, but I was like twenty something at the time. That age twelve, like entire copy of me, would reactivate, like on on a sub level inside myself, on a mental level. It was just it was really disconcerting in a very strange way. Like it, it kind of. I had to like take it. I had to like turn everything off and just go, like go kind of sit on my bed for like an hour. I was like, this is actually kind of freaking me out. <laughs> um, and that still happens to me sometimes. I, I'm I know the feeling now, so it doesn't like take me out for like the evening. But sometimes I've I have encountered like a nostalgia video on YouTube, and I've actually had to stop it because I'm like, this is this is like activating old me's in my head, and I'm sometimes I'm fine with it, but sometimes I'm like, I actually have to stop this and I have to go do something else because this is messing with me too much. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just very again, it's a real specific thing. It's like those clips were, for instance, like just often idle TV. I took for granted as always existing throughout like elementary or grade school, a uh, bit of high school. And so those just those represent hours and hours of after school time doing whatever. They were the atmosphere of all of that doing whatever and i don't know it it messed with my head a little bit i've talked to a couple people about it and like some folks have said they've had similar things some have said they haven't but like it's it's an interesting sensation i don't think it's like supernatural or anything i like i i I use technological language to describe it because i feel that makes the most sense if you think of like the brain kind of as a computer but Mm -hmm. it's weird um anyway hopefully that didn't freak anybody out because we have one more question here from Alfonso. uh the second question has to do with fandom fatigue there was a time i greatly enjoyed certain fandoms and walked away because it felt like there was a lot of venom going around a lot of things being said and actions being taken that were distasteful regardless of what side you happen to be on eventually you just get sick of it and walk away mass effect comes to mind and i suppose for a lot of people star wars is like that now uh however i don't think i can deny it, deny that transformers hasn't been above this kind of behavior and i'm sad to say i feel affected by it once uh or while i 
once felt like a very patient person, I see myself much more curt and unkind when provoked. I'm not actually used to this, and uh, as I fear, I usually walked away before this sort of thing ever happened before. However... Transformers has meant more to me than I think I can express. It's helped my business, my personal life, and helped me meet the person I plan to spend the rest of my life with. Truly, I owe a lot to it, but it's hard to not feel unwelcome at times, and it's harder to ignore bad behavior. It's tough to be told you don't belong or that you're overreacting. Sadly, I think sometimes I am. When enough people treat you like a hammer, eventually everything looks like a nail. And I've never heard that phrase before. I actually quite like that. Uh... But that isn't very fair to myself or others. Should I step back from Transformers? Maybe not go to toy shows or other cons for a while? Stay out of toy groups and such? I've tried taking a break and coming back, hoping I'd come back the better person that doesn't seem to have worked. Uh, what sage advice would you suggest? Are there simpler options I just haven't considered because it's difficult to see the forest through the trees? There is one real baseline thing I can think of, uh, which is a difficult thing to actually implement. Uh, and I don't know how I implemented it myself. Because um, fandom fatigue is real. Uh, fandom mm-hmm. fatigue comes from talking about and being nose deep in precisely one thing over all others for a very long amount of time. Uh, no matter how much you love something, if it is 90% of your spare time, you will eventually either get sick of it or you'll get sick of the people who got sick of it and don't know how to walk away for a bit. Fandom fatigue often, I find, comes from people who feel worse about it than you do but don't know to walk away and thus end up inadvertently spreading it to other people. Um, you're not tired of Transformers, but you're tired of the people in some way. Yeah. Um, eventually, the healthiest form of fandom is one where the fandom does not define you. Uh, you define how much of you is in it, if that makes any sense. So there's no like straightforward way to do it, but like I think there's a lot of... like. I talk a lot about how I think the Transformers fandom is one of the best ones out there. I still think it is. I think it's one of the ones with the brightest futures as far as not being, like, co-opted by some kind of hate platform to make Patreon money and, like, entice people into really uh, frightening schools of thought. Um, There are also lots of, like, you know, irritating, downright scummy Transformers fans out there. Uh, There are a lot of, like, really kind of... The word I'd use is vulgar ones uh, all over the place. Like, TFW has quite a few uh, who are just kind of, like, can be unpleasant to talk to. They're not breaking the rules. They're just unpleasant to talk to, um, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, it's a weird thing to say as, like, technically, like, a part of staff. So I'm, like, not saying, oh, our community is garbage. It's just that's a, that's a fact of the matter when you have a very large user community uh, and when you have rules that are laid out to be... I guess the word would be objective because um, it, it means that there are one thing you get when you have objective social rules is you have people who make it their business to figure out how to operate inside them before worse. How, how to as well. push up just against that edge. Yeah. How to push up against the edge and then get someone else to break the rules for having a justifiable response emotionally. Yeah. Uh, but because the whole board operates objectively due to the sheer user size, um, it just ends up being a bad feeling. Uh, all around so walking away is a good idea and it's actually an empowering thing to do because it is you saying that you're not defined by your fandom no matter how important transformers are to you and it should be if it's done all that for you and it certainly Mm -hmm. is that important to me um it does not define me i am not a member of the fandom i engage with the fandom if that makes any sense i don't want to keep talking over over aaron but like i I have lots i could say yeah so so a few things that i'd say is First of all, and it's something that's very difficult, is 
don't judge yourself on the way that others treat you and deal with you. Um, and it's a, it's a thing that's hard. Um, I've I've dealt with people that that kind of project that a little bit and and try and and change the way that you feel about yourself based on how they feel about you um and it's kind of bs at times um so like the first thing that for just mental health sake is like do you feel like you're a good person do you put out in the world what you think is is the the best you that you can do if that makes sense and and if you've got that going on like you're probably in a pretty good base to begin with now mm. as far as like you know if if it always seems like the groups that you're around are are not the best they're not friendly they're not um encouraging of you you know you 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 say that you know, you're you're like me. Transformers has has potentially brought you to somebody that that you want to spend the rest of your life with, and and you said it's helped your business. So you know, things like that. If it's given you a good base, um, either from from what's in the media or friends that you've made or contacts that you've made or or things like that, uh, it can be really difficult to say like, hey, this thing that's been a positive effect on you, give it up. I, yeah. I, th- that does not make sense to say if it's if it's a matter of take sometimes you do got to take a step back um a little bit but it shouldn't be like take it and go put it in the closet just go stand on the other side of the room for a little bit yeah. and and like i said again try if if you feel like maybe your local friends are toxic maybe that's a part of the answer or if it's the, the online like, communities you hang out in. Yeah, like, or the you know, online communities or, or, or whatever. Whatever of those feel like that's not the vibe that you want just because it's your local friends, just because it's the board you spent time on. Truth be told, I don't spend a ton of time on TFW as a board anymore. I pay attention to the places that I moderate. I pay attention to the, you know, anytime I see a response in, in the podcast forum, um, I'm paying we, attention to the TCG stuff because we, I really dig the TCG stuff. We plant flags and, sometimes. The podcast forum and I would say the TCG forum are kind of mm-hmm. places where we've planted flags in the hopes yeah. of creating little islands. But, uh, <laughs> and, and there are some threads and other other uh, forums on TFW that I'll take a look at. But a lot of it, it is a much different TFW than the one that even started this podcast. Yeah, and 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 it's not like that's a bad thing. It's just uh, we kind of moved differently, or I've kind of moved differently from that. You know, more of my interaction now comes with the people that I follow and and those circles on Twitter or Facebook, or or other other methods like that. So it may not be that you got to step back, but maybe you need to evolve the way that you interact with it. Yeah, um, it's weird to say this. Uh, also, I, I just want to throw in a quick blanket preface, uh, I guess, like mid-fuss, because uh, you mentioned it, but I'll just say basically anything that we say as advice in this kind of area is like none of it is easy to do. Uh, yeah, no. 
it's it's really important i think to overstate that to a degree like even even it's... with the cops coming for me for uh yeah. having uh uh a question answer about feelings i guess it's the emotion police um the, uh, like when it comes to figuring this stuff out it's difficult fandom actually makes it harder at times uh, and it's not easy whatsoever. So if you, you know, not necessarily you, Autofonso, but anyone out there, if you're having trouble uh, applying a solution you've heard in this regard, like, it's not easy to apply, so you're doing great. Uh, and if you have the, the wherewithal to identify, you know, for instance, that you're becoming, how do you put it, if everyone's call, call, calling you the, the hammer, you're seeing everything as a nail, if you can identify that you're kind of getting negatively affected and you don't like it, you already have like a mountain step above a lot of the people who are probably causing you to feel that way. If that makes sense. Uh, having self-awareness is, is a huge step and it's very hard to remember that sometimes I'm really bad with that myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but like in general, like, like just going to fandom for a second, the nature of fandom right now often means kind of like putting a thousand percent of yourself into enjoying a franchise property. And that's not healthy. Uh, and that's not what fandom should be. Unfortunately, it just is what it is by social definition right now. But it's up to all of us with the, uh, the, the mountain step wherewithal to at least go like, I'm being crappy to people. Or, you know, it's it's making me feel crappy. Fandom should be uh, an aspect of your interests. You should feel ha like free and happy to engage a thousand percent of yourself with it if you want to. Uh, and realize eventually that you don't have to give it that thousand percent. You can take that back whenever you want. And that mm -hmm. doesn't even necessarily have to be cutting yourself off from that franchise or even, or that fandom or any part of it. Uh, it's, it's finding that sense of empowered control over the social side of your interests, which with the current state of the internet can be extremely difficult. Uh, and I don't fault anyone who's having trouble doing it or just who need, who I don't fault people who need to, cut the anchor entirely uh especially if you're into transformers it's it's more reasonable to say all this like if you're into star wars unfortunately <laughs> it's hard to not say to not just nod silently when someone says maybe i'm just going to cut the anchor because it's like your franchise kind of inadvertently got co-opted uh by a whole lot of stuff that doesn't even care about it so i, I you know <laughs> thankfully i don't think transformers is ever going to be in that position uh due to all of our jump on points in the last few years but uh yeah, it's it's just vary your social groups. Uh, keep the people who feel good in your life. Keep the people you like, but who make you don't feel great all the time. Maybe at just like elbows distance. Um, yeah, just that that's that's just some stuff. And uh, and don't go play. Don't go back to like a single platform or a single message board if your experiences just keep making you feel unhappy with it. Uh, it's weird to say this. Just because we're hosted on TFW doesn't mean that we demand of you to participate in TFW as a social mm -hmm. message board. Uh, Aaron was on on the nose like TFW. We like to me this is this is a personal thing. I like doing this podcast in part because TFW is how I got into the fandom. So as a website entity, it's important to me. Uh, it has a well deserved reputation uh, over on like Transformers Twitter. Uh, at times I, I, I get bummed out cause I'm kind of like, yo, feel, make me feel like you're kind of talking about my podcast too. I know that they aren't. If people are kind of like, oh, it's a TFW response. Uh, I do sometimes wish that they would see that you know, if you go on Facebook, the responses on Facebook private groups are a million times worse than anything you see on TFW. I can speak from vague experience, but mm -hmm. 
uh, those are all just those are all just microcosms. And so, like this podcast is in a way my wanting to have a really hopefully good part of TFW still exist, even if it is just this one subform uh, where we talk smack on all the general discussion forums. Come at me, yeah. Uh, and that's also I'll, I'll I'll point it out. That's not me throwing any shade at moderators. the The rules of the board are not humans, uh, and moderators are people who volunteer to enforce those rules as objectively as they can, which is a very difficult thing to do because humans are not objective whatsoever. Uh, So it's a fine line to walk, and I generally don't blame anyone who moderates for like a year or three and then goes like, I can't do this anymore, Uh, because it asks a ton of people. (laughs) People All of these people are animals. People who genuinely enjoy moderating, I often assess at a distance for a little bit. Uh, And usually they turn out fine. (laughs) But yeah, Alfonso, I hope that that was helpful in any way. Uh, it those are everything you're going through resonates with me as stuff that I know I went through, uh, mm-hmm. and that I know people have gone through and continue to go through and don't know the way out. I don't know how I escaped some of that. Uh, I just did, and I wish I was better at sharing the how. But uh, I hope that you can still enjoy uh, Transformers or whatever else you're into, and I hope you can find. Uh, a group of people who just make you feel good about it most of the time. Uh, don't worry about the hug box mentality when it's about one corporate franchise. Uh, it's completely okay to just talk to people who agree with you about Transformers. Because Transformers, as a fictional thing, it doesn't matter to to go and find conflicting viewpoints and make sure you take those. It's just Transformers. Uh, it's just it's It's meant to be enjoyed. So, you know, it should always be enjoyable uh, in some way. So hopefully that answered your question. <laughs> it took a little while. Uh, I have plenty more I could say with more prompting, so I'm going to leave it there. But uh, that kind of stuff I enjoy talking about because it's 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 a very difficult part of the internet right now. And I want to, if I can help people, I'd like to. Or at least if if, if I can say like, no, you're right. <laughs> I find that can be helpful too. Uh, anyway, I also might not be helpful at all. And that's completely normal. Uh, that's valid. Uh, and that is also the end of our listener questions section. So we're going to go into what we got this week on topic. Aaron got some great instructions. They're all horrible. I So I got um, the studio series uh, Rampage, the uh, bulldozer that turns into a pogo stick. Um, and he's got some some tricky bits. And... I feel so bad <laughs> for the engineers that worked hard to pull off some pretty interesting tricks in this toy to then have whoever the heck makes these instructions just take a juicy, nasty dump on top of it to make some of the steps just impossible to tell what the heck is going on. Just a so, quick, quick flashback. Once upon a time, we were talking to Aaron Archer at a TFCon, and I felt like I went off on instructions a bit too hard. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel vaguely justified now uh, that Aaron has stepped it up uh, and escalated <sighs> like, beyond like, so, my sentiments. So the the neat trick, like, so you know, this is this is the uh, one of the two first uh, limbs that are out for for Devastator that's upcoming. And so, do you have Rampage? Have you handled Rampage yet? I I, I actually went to watch, that's the one studio series I watched a video for, because I was like, I just want to know what they're doing. Uh, So, like, the thing that is super neat to me is the way that 
the treads rotate 180 degrees and still maintain a tread profile. Mm-hmm. So when you go from the bulldozer mode or the robot mode to the, the foot mode, there's a whole bunch of steps that are involved with how you take this thing and you, you knock this, you, know, you pull the thumb part down and then you, you move the arm to a certain angle and then that lets you rotate the part around and then you tuck the thumb part or you flip it the other way and you rotate it the other way and then bam, it all comes together. And it keeps the same, it keeps like the treads look like they'd still work as treads. Like it all stays lined up and everything looks cool. Um, it took me trolling through a couple of people, a couple of other people that had videos out and fidgeting the heck out of it to figure out just where, like, I, I was catching on a part and I went back and I, I actually took a picture of it. Like, like it's trying to show, it's got the whole toy and it's trying to show you like three subtle things that you have to do on the arm and why, why not picture of the arm Here's the thing you need to do. A little onomatopoeia of a click. If there's a click in there, like there are so many things that could be done in order to make this smoother and, and get things figured out. But instead it's just nonsense. It's still just, you know, black, light gray, dark gray, and purple or red, and maybe a dark purple and a dark red, as their ink colors on it. And it's there like, if are you're doing, no light colors it, it, on the instructions yeah. anymore. <laughs> if, if you're doing, and that's the thing is like, even if you're doing only two color printing, like it's just, it's like in hard tones, like you could use a gradation of things. Like there are plenty of things that could be done with the use, same technology. Use the paper color. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, <laughs> the white of the paper behind it but instead it's all printed black and it's that's the part that kills me the paper color is one of the missing elements yeah a a bright contrast is one of the missing elements but like there's there's so much i think that that still needs to be done with instructions that just that made this toy frustrating at times yeah and it's not and it's not like it's terribly going from the the bulldozer into the leg um even knowing the tricks of how you got to flip the hand around and the arm around to get that to work is a little bit complex and it's one of those things where there are some steps that it would have been nice to see because then i went and saw a video and it's like oh hey here's it's it's another one of those cases of like oh this little notch has a little tab here that you kind of gotta like you gotta get a a, a different like rotational angle by a little bit in order to get that to click in. Okay, now it's solid and it no longer looks like like it's, you know, pigeon-toed. Yeah. The worst part of this, to me, is that the criticisms of how it represents the steps are all completely valid, and I agree with most of them, but they're actually not even the prime problem. The prime problem is that you can't even make out th- things that are not, like, large images. Any yeah. Jetfire's instructions are... Uh, shrink a lot of the images to fit all of his stuff onto a normal instruction sheet, which makes it extremely hard to read. Uh, never like, ignoring the part where some of the motions are unclear. It's all dark ink on dark ink on low contrast on dark ink, and it's small. It's like the very basic side of the printing part makes it borderline unusable. And then there's the other problem. <laughs> yeah, 
but that's not even the big problem i yeah but yeah. no i mean and it's even like i like the fact that he comes with a stand and that you can mount it and, on and all the modes. The, the stand, yeah, and that the stand has a place to go in each mode that is secure. Like that's a, it's a good, like probably quarter inch of a a peg that goes into the pogo hole, and it's mm. it it's you can I I'm holding it and shaking it by the stand, and he's not going anywhere. Did Did you like see it, the gimmick? It's not some tenuous thing. Did you see the wheel gimmick on that guy? He has a wheel gimmick. All right. So the hey, the thing hey, that pops out of the blade. So you know or how underneath the blade. Yeah. So the like, the front the front wheel can retract or uh-huh. extend, and then he's got the same gimmick on the wheels on his treads that form his arms, and they have like little inner tabs you can unmount and remount them to. Oh, so yeah. that they can suck in basically. Yeah, I thought that was fascinating. Like that that actually was my favorite part of that guy. <laughs> Because that way you can have wheels for vehicle mode and no wheels for foot mode, and I'm like, that's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, that's also, that ankle, bo- that ankle joint. Of, both of my, uh, um, like the tread wheels have horrible bits of like flash yeah. um, on them. That did I you uh, take a hard file to? Did you do the foot mode yet? I did. Th- and that yeah, ankle the, joint, man! Holy that, crap! Like, yeah. That's like some third party stuff going on. And then and then when fully extended, he's got like a couple steps in either direction for his his left to right. As yeah. I just shot a piece of his uh um fake hydraulics off of him. Hold on. Yeah, the um budget put into the Devastator parts on the on just that guy make me extremely excited about the finished Devastator. Like Oh, yeah, for sure. There's bits of him where I'm like, oh, it's a shame, you know, this, this, or this. But even just, like, kind of glancing through a video, I was like, I think a lot of my problems stem from him turning into a very good combiner piece. Yeah. And even then, like, so he's he's goofy in that he's, like, a pogo leg thing, and that's what he actually is. So, like, yeah, the fact that he, like, you know, his waist joint is a couple of clicks on this massive ratchet that are kind of weird, and you can, like folded out and there's a weird connector bit there yeah. uh, that actually looks like it's going to be a super solid connector it's yeah, like that, a like t-bar ha- thing? half inch wide slide down t-bar thing yeah yeah like this uh, this definitely feels like the, maybe they built the toy like the devastator and like oh there's no way that people are going to pay like 300 dollars for this thing at once yeah i mean i saw on pl's video they even like rejigged the packaging so that, like that ever-present autobot symbols and now an ever-present devastator face yes uh like my, my only problems with them they're all in the individual mode it's just that i wish the back of the pogo leg wasn't just the construction vehicle stuff o- yeah. only because of the pedigree of a lot of studio series um and i wish his whips could look more whip like and that is me really making an ask uh yeah but that, that, like, that was my only disappointment looking at him was that, oh, I wish that the whips looked a bit more dynamic. But like, like he'd need like another two hinges to get it forward to be more whip-like, and, and you know probably what? Probably like four or five around the like equipment cab to try and do something else with it. That's but. like that's like perfect add-on part territory. Like someone will just make the more expensive set of treads. Yeah. That and, for the treads, it'd be easy enough. You'd just be knocking out a pin. Yeah, I say yeah. easy enough. I don't have the stuff. 
I don't think to knock out a pin that small. I mean, I, I'm but, I'm broken now, so when you say knock out a pin, I just go like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's called Thursdays. What I've I've okay. I I can't remember if I talked about it on here. My newest mo- like level of monstrosity is I have now twice replaced a metal pin with a wooden dowel made out of a toothpick because <laughs> the pin was mangled up or whatever, and the dowel fit better and the toy worked better with the wooden dowel in there. So I've gotten to the point of replacing metal parts with wood parts because it works better. Because I am a monster. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that the figure was good. I'm sorry about the instructions. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, not my problem. and it's 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 an ongoing thing that is yeah. so just doesn't need to be that way. We check in because we care. Yeah, and are like, also frustrated. <laughs> yeah, like. Man, if if like anybody official can hear this, man, man, it's not it's not that we don't know how to use YouTube, and this this is yeah. my big problem. As someone who makes videos that sometimes help people through transformations once or mm-hmm. twice, at least in my life, uh, those are great. But anyone on YouTube is sussing it out and doesn't have any hand in the making of the figure. Therefore, any advice they're giving you. Even if it's solid, it, it's not designer intent. And I want to know the designer intent. Yeah. Uh, and also, sometimes the advice ends up not being solid. And then a whole bunch of people get in their head to do something. And I think it never was anything catastrophic. But, like, there was, like, some... I think it was from Movie Masterpiece Optimus. There was this ongoing quest to be the one who figured out how to transform him right. And it wasn't until that dude on TFW... Uh, I think it was on TFW... Um, how do you put this went surgical deep on movie masterpiece Optimus and had to use the test case of the differently packaged Japanese version to figure out what was going on. Uh, mm. That was a good thread is a sort of a sad thread. Cause it was like, this is a, an inherently messed up design on a mass production level, but it was a fascinating thread. The fact that one was packaged in robot mode and the other was packaged in vehicle mode had an impact on warped parts due to the tightness of the twist ties. Uh, very interesting stuff. Uh, also interesting is what else Aaron got? If he got anything else, did you get anything else on topic? Uh, I did not get anything else on topic. I've I've been trying. There's there's already stuff for me for when I get to TFCon. Mm -hmm. Um, I continue to have stuff that is on order from Hasbro Pulse, but I have the feeling that all of the stuff that I got underpriced is now waiting for every full priced order to ship. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I think that's about it. I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating going to ordering more stuff online because it's just not showing up. The target in town that's normally really good about restocking is going through a remodel right now. So Mm -hmm. like it's bare bones. Yeah. Yeah. in, In Canada, we've got some stuff showing up, but, uh, it's like two things at a time. So mm. you go and you get them, and then, all right, I'm caught up. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes you don't want to get them because you're like, well, what if Toys R Us has a sale? Because Canadian Toys R Us sure has a lot of those. Uh, I got one thing that's kind of on topic. It's TCG related, so I'm going to call it on topic. Um, this actually came uh, care of uh, the maker uh, who had seen one of the Wave 2 videos I put up and basically said, do you want... Uh, a sample of the custom top loaders I make with the sliding window. And I was like, sure. 
Uh, you said no, but Aaron really wants some. I'll give you his address. Well, I looked at the price and I was like, man, these are really good prices. And the shipping is so cheap inside America. And whatever the flat rate shipping is, is so not cheap to Canada. So basically, I deserve this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, is Brian at Combiner Top Loader. Uh, which is etsy.com slash combiner top loader or combiner top loader on eBay, I believe. Uh, basically, it's a modified uh, top loader with a sliding piece uh, that's been added in. It's an interesting design because it isn't just a top loader with like a like a groove bolted on. It's like he's made a sort of custom made piece that's uh, that's fastened over the front of one side. Um, and the window can be custom printed. He, he said, do you want a, like a, a logo on there? And so I, I basically got the WTF logo put onto it because it looks really good on a sort of card shaped object. Uh, and it works really well. Um, but here's the sound of it sliding. Like it's, it's, it's a nice pla The The slider piece is, feels plastic. Like it doesn't feel like it's paper or anything. It feels very durable. Okay. Um, the only, like, if I had a single critique, it's that for some reason, and I only just looked at these, like, before we started recording, and I tested with a whole bunch of different sleeves, for some reason, whatever's inside the, the slider side looks a little bit, a tiny, tiny bit dimmer to my eyes than when it's not in hmm. there. Uh, it's still completely legible, it's just like, that was literally the only thing that stuck out to me that wasn't these work and are pretty darn good if you want to have a sliding top loader solution for your flipping uh, folding cards. Because the idea behind this, instead of folding a folding card, you put it in here and you cover with the window whichever mode on the smaller artwork side you're not using. So instead of folding it up and flipping it, you have it unfolded so you're not you know messing with the hinge if that uh, freaks you out. And then you cover a side or the other side. I saw these on Wreck and Rule. Uh, where uh, it was pointed out that another upside of these is if you have your health tokens on the slider, the health tokens will slide with the slider. You don't have to, like, take them off the character to flip them or keep them next to the character. Um, but it's it's a cool, industrious little solution. Uh, this is definitely, like, something that is way more in a lot of players' comfort zone. And I also super appreciate Brian sending them over. Uh, I told him, like, I'm about to, like, be away for two weeks, so we can do this later. And he's like, I, I could just get them to you. And he did. So, you know, props and many things. I'm going to have a video done for these. Uh, just a quickie. I'm going to shoot probably before I go. Uh, I'll have these at TFCon because uh, they're, you know, they're good for combiners, but I think they're perfect for triple changers because uh, it's a top loader. So there's like there's space around the card. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you might want to like have your combiner cards not in a full on top loader with a border, but triple changers. Who cares? Put them in these things. Have a good time. Uh, yeah. So I actually... Currently have printing by a a friend of mine, one of the just um, flip token things. Yeah. So I I will have something along those lines, but not nearly as cool as a as a flicky slidey thing. I mean, these are available on on his his Etsy page. Yeah, I know. They're. Uh, let me go look at the price. Uh, if you don't get a custom printed slider, uh. Yeah, they're they're for a five pack. It's unpersonalized, uh, twenty four ninety Canadian dollars before shipping. So I'm assuming okay. that's something like under twenty dollars American. And then in America, things cost like a dollar to ship or whatever. So yeah, I uh, I deserve this. Yes, you do. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome, Chris. Um, and thank you, Brian. Uh, this this is really cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna. 
get some good footage of these, and, uh, and they're going to be on the table at TFCon, but we're going to be playing some cards. Uh, me and Aaron, I think, are are planning to spend a whole lot of our time playing cards. Uh, mm-hmm. I am, because I want to playtest stuff. I don't even necessarily want to just play in tournaments. Like, I, I'm, I'm hoping there's going to be enough interest to just do some open casual play so I can just jam some decks together. Because uh, I, I want to try some things. Ever since I played Cosmos in a sealed tournament and and began to click with Cosmos math, I really mm-hmm. want to try running something Cosmos-y. Because it took me a few weeks to get used to Nemesis math, and Cosmos math is basically even harder Nemesis math. Thank goodness that mechanic is not back in Wave 2. I, I, I still need to learn the Cosmos math. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I tweaked my Cosmos um, Nemesis deck mm-hmm. some for, for Wave 2. I'd like to play a little bit of that when it's not against uh, your your um, shadow play deck. I built a shadow play deck that is tweaked in with some wave two stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to have some fun. I need to rebuild shadow play because uh, I ended up my my darling deck right now is still Nemesis War Bomb. Uh, I need to I need to tweak it a little bit more for wave two. I need to figure out if Bombshell sticks around. I like having Bombshell because everyone says to have Demolisher because you're flipping more cards, and I'm like, yeah, but he has seven health, and people have direct <laughs> damage. Uh, I want I want a wall. I want the bomb wall, mm-hmm. but uh, or the wall shell, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I want to jam some casual stuff. I, I want I got things I want to test and. More people in Toronto are getting Wave 2, but we all feel bad about it because none of the stores we go to to play are able to be a part of that. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'd like to get some guiltless Wave 2 in before I resume the guilty Wave 2 when I get back home. Um, but yeah, I'll, for a third time, thank you, Brian, at uh, Combiner Top Loader. Go check it out if you are into those kind of things, especially if you're in the States, because it's like piddly pennies. Well, it's not. It's like 20 bucks, but it's pretty darn cool stuff. Um that's all my on topic, what I got this week. Um, the only other thing is I got the harrowing anxiety of trying to figure out how to take a whole ton of cards with me onto a plane uh, without them looking entirely like a giant brick of C4. Uh, only kind of. I'm okay with the kind of. I also talked myself out of bringing anything that isn't Transformers TCG. Um, uh-huh. Because, boy, you know it, right? When you have all those inklings of, like, oh, I could just slip a magic deck in here. I could just throw Gore, uh, what is it, Gorus Maximus in here. Uh yeah. I gotta not do that. I'm, I I, I want to spend time playing Transformers. I don't want to then go like, so do you want to have Commander decks? Because yeah. like we can do that anywhere. Um, but yeah, off topic. Uh, I got nothing new to report because I talked about off topic actually yesterday in recording time. But Aaron, uh, anything off topic on your end you want to share with uh, the class? Not really. Oh. Busy work. Early travels last week. Early travels this week. And um, Lilo's getting new dog food for liver issues. Mm. It's supposed to help, and that's about it. I uh, that that reminds me because of the single word liver. Uh, I need to once again apologize for my faux pas that I forgot to edit out to make myself sound smarter last week, where I mixed up duck fat and foie gras. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just listening to that, very angry. Yeah. Well, you know what? At least I got the duck part right. I knew mm-hmm. foie gras was duck. I was like, it's not just goose. Uh, but yeah, uh, duck fat. It's from John Wick 2. That's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. 
Well, thank you all for listening, especially if this has in any way accompanied you on your way to TFCon Los Angeles in Burbank. Because uh, we're, we're going to be going there pretty soon. Uh, there's going to be podcast roundtables uh, on Friday and Sunday, so please check those out. We love doing them, uh, and we like doing them even more when people are there. Like, we actually have fun doing them even if no one's there. It's just it gets kind of weird. Uh, yeah. and, and the other podcasts who aren't as used to us doing that kind of give us funny looks. And, you know, we're going to indoctrinate them eventually, but... Um, podcast roundtable, by the way, if you have a podcast, you just got to have an RSS feed that says it's a podcast. Like, just don't lie to me. Uh, you're welcome to join us. Just don't like, if you make one up right now, we'll know. So don't do that. Just hang out with us later. <laughs> but, uh, podcast roundtable is for podcasts to come together and intermingle and not sit next to their own co-hosts. So, you know, we, uh, we leave that door open. Um, there's some other stuff going on. There's TCG gameplay. Aaron's all uh, up in that. He's uh, He's got all the details uh, mentally committed. Uh, he knows everything that's going to be happening. Um, sure. Yeah. And uh, there's also uh, a fan media panel for this show has been shifted into a fan creator roundtable. So if you got nothing else to do on Saturday night at eight o'clock, uh, come hang out for an hour and uh, eventually ask some questions. If you have questions about the making of media, because uh, I, I sure would like to still inform people uh, as much as I can. Uh, and that's all I am at liberty to talk about right now as of this recording. So we'll uh, put a cap on it there. Uh, thank you, Aaron, for joining me. Um, you know what? Thank you, me, for joining me, too. We're both very tired uh, and very... I think Aaron's more calm than I am, but uh, it's it's that time where the travel is looming like a shadow mm-hmm. on the horizon. And it's going to be fine, but in the before times that are like, this close... Like I said, I think the reason why I'm good is because when I did laundry over the weekend, I... Like, instead of, like, doing laundry and putting laundry away and then later pulling out the luggage and putting laundry into the luggage, I instead, as I was doing laundry, put it straight into the luggage so I could just be like, okay, this is basically done. Now all I need to do is, like, get my, my like, toiletries kit with deodorant and whatever and put it in there, and I'm probably going to do it tomorrow night and just have, like, the a different thing of deodorant so that I can just make myself not nasty um, mm. before the flight. That reminds me. Someone, go. someone selling custom soap there. Like Transformers themed soap. And oh other yeah, custom I saw soaps. that. So, hey, guess what? Quick convention prep. No one needs to hear this anymore, but like, bathe. Um, I saw it get flashed around when that mm-hmm. thing came up of like, oh, soap for old people who smell bad. You know what? Let's prove all those those uh, negative Nancys, all those those dilly dallying Donalds, all those uh, those uh, stinkest um, Simons uh, that Transformers fans don't smell bad because we don't. Even when there's a bad smell, it's like one person. So you know, if we all strive to not be the one person, eventually there is no one person who didn't bathe. So, mm-hmm. and you know what? Uh, it doesn't matter how you smell; it matters how you feel, and you feel better when you have jumped into some kind of cleaning solution. It just it gets all the dead skin off, and all the fresh skin exfoliates, uh, and your body breathes in once through every pore. Then they immediately fill up with all those weird greases that the human body excretes because we're all friggin' gross but mm-hmm. you know for that moment it's real good uh anyway we'll talk to you later hopefully we'll see you at the show if you're there if you're not there don't feel bad we'll tell you what happened 
Uh, and there's plenty more shows on the horizon. But if you are there, please say hello to us. Uh, we like saying hello back. Uh, and we don't bite. Um, if I did, it would be an international incident. If Aaron did, then he wouldn't be cool. Uh, he's too cool. See, Aaron, I sure. called you cool. Yeah, thanks, friend. Stay safe. Yeah, you too. And all of our listeners. You stay safe too. Except for you, guy. Come on, what are you doing? Actually, I was only talking to our listeners. I, I took your safety oh. for granted. Uh, oh, 